We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Hi, good morning. This is Cheryl again with Joyly Studios, and it is such a pleasure to be here with you. Today, we have our distinguished guest, Harvey Castro, MD, who just told me he's been on the air over 100 times last year. So congratulations on that. I'm super excited to get to know you. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure being on your show. So you said to yes to being on the Joyly podcast. Did you have some sort of, you know, interest or do you just say yes to all opportunities? No, my end goal is always to say yes to help promote uh, entrepreneurship, the hunger in growing. I know a lot of us can always do better. And my goal is always to just inspire others. Very good. Well, you are doing that. So um, you're, you are Harvey Castro. You're a podcast guest. You're a chief executive officer at Trusted Health Physicians and author of Success Reinnovation, Lion, L-I-O-N, Open Networking. So I'm just going to let you talk a little bit about how it is you got to this place or uh, what you are up to in the world as well. Well, honestly, uh, looking back of where I started and where I am today, I feel like uh, I've been blessed in many, many ways. Uh, coming from a teenage mother at age 16, uh, uneducated, she had basically a GED. Uh, she raised me in the inner cities of New York City, uh, but really inspired me to be the best person I could be. So I went to medical school. I joined the Army to help pay for everything. I went to uh, Texas A&M for undergrad. I got two degrees there, political science, biomedical science, because my end goal was I'm going to be a doctor, and then I'm going to go to law school, and then I'm going to go get my MBA. That was me at 18. And so... Throughout the years, I've started a vitamin company, uh, I later a formula and everything for heart health. Then later I did over 30 iPhone apps uh, and I was a consultant in the United States just for different major companies to help them promote this thing back then that was called the iPhone. And then throughout the years, I've been continuing to be an entrepreneur. I wrote a, uh, several books in med school to help pay for med school, but then also to help teach. And then when I finally uh, became an ER doctor, uh, I really got into the apps because I felt like the apps, I could solve a problem. So say uh, my first app was called IV Meds and the basically um, doctors, uh, as an emergency room doctor, someone's coding, we needed to give medication right away. But back in the day, they would open a textbook, find the table, see what chart and see what, how much to give that drip. I was like, this is taking too long. So I literally made an app that basically said, hey, you put in the weight, and it tells you what medication and boom, how much to give. And so throughout time, I was working in healthcare and I just thought, you know, this isn't as fun as I thought it'd be. Uh, the administration and where I was working was getting on me. They're like, hey, you're spending too much time with your patients. You're ordering too many tests. You need to hurry up with people. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought my, my goal to be a doctor was to serve others, not to rush them through. Sure. And so I was so upset that my business partner and I decided literally to create a company and that company is called Trusted ER. And so we created a company from ground up basically to promote health the way we think it should be done. So we started spending more time with patients. We reinvented all the rules in the way that the way we thought medicine should be practiced. 
And in less than four years, we went from zero to eight locations because people were coming from all over Dallas saying, oh my gosh, the care there is 10 times better than other places. So it was interesting because we pulled different patients and they're like, yeah, I bypassed four or five ERs to get here. And I'm like, you drove an hour to come here? It's like, yes, the care here is amazing. So that's basically what I do. I now don't practice as much medicine as far as front lines. Now we've grown to about 350 employees. And so now I'm with my business partner, we're promoting the way we want medicine practice, but we're also obviously on the business side of things. So we're looking at different ways to do business and grow. And now with COVID, we're really having to reinvent the wheel different ways. So I'm, I'm curious, first of all, just from an ER perspective, is it is it, can I walk in if I fell down or can I walk in if I have a cold? Is it that kind of thing? Just, is everything, are you, everyone's welcome? Uh, we can intubate patients, uh, obviously deliver babies, anything that's an emergency. Uh, but obviously, if a person's at two in the morning saying, hey, I can't breathe, I need to come in, they can come in. Um, obviously, we see patients that they think um, maybe it's uh, COVID or flu, so we can take care of it. We have a full uh, emergency room open 24-7 with all the labs, CAT scan, x-ray, ultrasound, and the staff available there for 24-7. So it's, it's actually an operation. Amazing. And I can see that you are passionate about what you do right now. So let's back up a little bit. I want to I want to hear a little bit more about why this passion is so intrinsic in who you are. I'd love to l- learn a little bit more about your mom. And um, and then if you could finish the, the, uh, co- the conversation here about why you're so passionate. What gets you up every day? Honestly, I know this sounds very cliche-ish, uh, but I love to help others. And that's why I went into medicine. And my heart is sincerely just wants to serve others. And I felt uh, as a child, um, my uncle would bring us food because we couldn't eat. Uh, We were on food stamps because we didn't have money to eat. I mean, just tons of stuff that I was like, wow. So I feel so grateful to be where I'm at today. And so throughout my life, I've always had this uh, heart to serve others. And that's why I went into medicine. Now I'm on the business side of medicine, which I'm still serving. that why is so strong in my heart that I'm, it's constantly pushing me. You know, I'm, we have eight emergency rooms. I've worked really hard. I've done all these things, but yet last year I went back to school. Last year I wrote a book. Um, I'm constantly just trying my best to improve myself so I can help others. Cause I keep thinking the more I improve, the more I can help. Um, and that strong why I, I highly encourage, I, I wrote this book I actually have right next to me in success for invention. That's the the book that I wrote basically, and it's about my mom and what she, the tools she gave me to help grow to where I'm at today. I'm absolutely going to get that book. What's your mom's name? Her name is Nydia Garcia. And um, yeah, I'm blessed. She, uh, she, she had me young, so I have a young mom. Uh, we go out a lot and we'll go to a <laughs> restaurant and people ask if that's my wife. I'm like, that's my mom. <laughs> but they, very good for age. Yeah, like 62, 63. But if you saw pictures, she, she really doesn't look like she's more than like mid forties. So what would you say to those people that, that maybe missed out on having such a great mom? Cause I can feel that you're really joyful and that drives who you are, right? Your service is all about wanting to help and, and, and help, help everyone live their best life, healthy, healthy lives. So what would you say to those that maybe didn't have that support um, from the beginning? I think all of us have a strong why, and we need to find what that why is. For me, it's my mother. She helped open my eyes and see life differently. But for others, it could be, you know, I'm just going to make up stuff like uh, the most traumatic things are life changes. So if someone passes away, a divorce, um, those things I've used personally as well. Like uh, when I went through a divorce, that really hit me hard. 
And so I worked really hard. And I think I used that as another why to just be a, a better man, a better person. Um, and so I think just find your why is so important to find. What is it that makes you go? I think it's hard sometimes for professionals to have a strong why because at one point they had a strong why. And then later they are successful and they made it. And then at that point they're like, eh, I'm good. I'm done. And then I think your drive goes away. You're not really trying to improve. Nothing against that. You know, life is hard as it is. And maybe you don't want to add more. But I would always encourage you to reevaluate what's going on in your life and what's pushing you to get up in the morning, what's pushing you. And then obviously money helps up to a point, but money isn't everything. I think when you find a true joy and true passion, that is your why. See where you're spending your time. See where you're spending your money. Those are probably things that are really just pushing you and that you want more of. So see how you can be creative and use that as a catalyst to help push you to the next level. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And I think that you're right, that we can just tap into the sources that need to, that, that create whatever it is that we are looking for to move forward. So 350 employees in the pandemic, tell me a little bit about that. What, what was your biggest challenge or is your biz, biggest challenge currently? You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was a lot of fear and the unknown. <laughs> So my biggest thing about life, I always feel like it's about education. So I called NBC and I said, let me have uh, time on your TV station to do a hotline. And back in March, NBC in uh, Telemundo here in Dallas gave me um, airtime to create a hotline and we created uh -huh. a hotline and we had, gosh, like I want to say it, was, it ended up being about 10,000 calls in a, in a few hours to just answer COVID questions that we did for free just to help the community. But that's how we addressed the community. We said, hey, this is something scary. You don't know what's going on and you're just hearing stuff from the news. And that's kind of how I had always been doing interviews for the TV shows and uh, TV networks. But I felt like as a doctor, instead of hearing all these negative news and oh my gosh, I wanted to be on TV and just give that positive spin to things. And so that's how Trusted came out last year. We started doing the hotline, a lot of TV time, spending time with our patients. And then we took it to the next level. Back in March, we actually had a mobile unit that was going out to the different facilities um, that if you had a, employees unable to go to work, we were going to the job and figuring out, okay, what employees do you want tested? Who do you want cleared? And then we were helping them evaluate everyone. So that was one of the first. We were lucky that our lab director was really strong. So we were one of the first places here in Dallas to have an antigen and PCR test. Um, and we actually set up close to the DFW airport so that we can clear people for travel. So we've been doing a lot of things to help with COVID. For us as a business, it, we took a hit because at one point the whole United States uh, took a hit because no one wanted to go to the ER. No one wanted to go to a doctor, which I don't blame them. The unknown, what's going to happen if I get COVID? Am I going to die? Oh my gosh, I'd rather stay home. And so sadly enough, we were seeing all these cases of people having heart attacks, pe uh, people having really bad conditions that were staying at home because they didn't want COVID. And so now with education, the CDC, the masks, the vaccines, things are coming back the way it should be. And people are now are educated and saying, okay, now I feel safe going to the grocery store. Now I feel safe going to the doctor. And, and it's all about education. So I feel blessed and lucky that our company as a whole was able to do that. Amazing work. Absolutely brilliant. And I think that um, are people coming out then, would you say they're coming back to see you? <laughs> yeah. And how are the 350 employees handling this, this up and down? Are we, uh, how are we, how are you keeping them joyful? You know, it's it, and it goes back again to the same why. I, I think a lot of healthcare providers are there because they want to serve. 
in their heart, they're, they didn't become a doctor or nurse to make money. They became a doctor or nurse because they truly enjoyed helping others. And so it's been great to work with the team that's like, you know what, I'm getting my butt killed here with everybody coming through COVID and all these patients and volumes going crazy, but I'm here to serve. And having that attitude to just give that 100%, even after the 100 person has come through, you know, and then months of just working, working, working and being pulled in all different directions. You know, I applaud our team for working so hard and helping. And then the hard part too is when one of our team members gets sick, luckily the first few months, uh, we really didn't have our team with COVID. They were taking uh-huh. precautions and being careful. Um, but it was tough, you know, just, it, it's been a tough 12 months in so many ways. Obviously our costs have gone up as well. Um, you know, all this equipment, all these things, uh, supply and demand, a lot of the cost of doing business has gone up because of COVID. So obviously that, that took us, uh, that took a hit for us because it was more than we anticipated spending. Um, and then with, you know, some materials being really hard to get, then the price was kind of hard to predict where it was going to land. Uh, so we've been trying to be proactive so that if there's another wave, uh, we know what months technically it goes up, then we're ready. Well, I just want to congratulate you on your drive and success. You're working on your seventh year for the Doctor of the Year in D Magazine. Is that right, Dr. Castro? Yes, ma'am. So that's a special award. Uh, It's only uh, voted by other physicians in DFW, so you can't just get voted just because. It has to be other doctors that look at that specialty and saying, okay, who are the leaders in that specialty? And so... Uh, when they send out a ballot, it's you have to be registered as a doctor in Texas. And so if you're not, you can't even vote. So it's a true honor to have your peers say, yeah, you know, this doc here, you know, I support. So uh, for me, it's more about how can that um, accolade help me provide better care? You know, I, I hold myself to a fairly high standard. So if I'm getting that accolade, then I want to make sure that everybody around me, every team member is at that level, if not higher than that. And so it, it's added good pressure um, and I like that. And I, I obviously I went into ER medicine because I actually enjoy being under pressure. <laughs> Beautiful. I wanna do a little chair of joy experience with you. As everyone knows that I carry this chair around the country. In fact, I was just in Dallas. I had about eight executives sit in the studio with me and I went up to Jeff Curley's office. I don't know if you know where he is. He sat in the chair of joy. Um, do you know who that is, Jeff Curley? I've heard the name, I'm going blank. He's got a big uh, studio downtown Dallas um, that he has a lot of people fly in and do studio uh, interviews there. Anyway, um, so the chair joy, I would like love to get your feedback about it uh, regarding a neuroscience perspective. So what I'm learning is that taking the chair into, you know, corporations and putting it in their boardrooms and giving them an experience that there's a lot more uh, joy that is fil- filtered through this, through the entire organization. So I would like for you to put your feet on the ground. This just takes a couple of minutes. I want you to take a deep breath in. I know you've been really busy this morning and I appreciate you coming here. Very good. And one more deep breath in. And I want to see if you can tap into one of your most joyful moments of your life. Like where were you? Who were you with? What really just gave you goosebumps? Yeah, I think um, one that comes to mind immediately uh, is my childhood. Um, going to the beach in the summer. Uh, I know New York doesn't have the best beaches, but just the pride and joy of my mom just saying, hey, let's go to the beach and let's just have some one-on-one time and love just jumping into the waves and you know playing in the sand. And my mom would actually spend time with me. I know a lot of parents are busy, uh, but I felt like I had my best friend with me and she just gave me 100% her time. So it was just, a, just amazing memories of the bond and just the freedom. And 
growing up in the inner city, you don't really get to enjoy nature. So just being in the beach, that's actually my place still as an adult. Like if I have to pick a magic place to go or a, a joyful place, it's always in my mind. I close my eyes and think of the beach and just hearing the sounds of the wave and just kind of just how relaxing it is. And just, yeah. I'm always just amazed by the, the ocean. I just stare at it. I'm like, God, this is so big <laughs> and we're so little in this world. <laughs> I love Mrs. Garcia. Please tell her so. All right. We're, that, I appreciate that. And so just let that feeling of the beach run through you from your head to your toe. And then we're going to do it one more time. So deep breath in. And let's go to another place and another time, maybe recently, maybe a long time ago. Either way, are you with alone or with someone? Yeah, the other one that comes to mind is uh, being a parent for the first time. I was lucky in that I was able to be part of the, uh, I guess I was in med school and be part of the birthing process and be able to be in the room. And uh, some at times I've, I have uh, five kids and some of them I've actually been able to help deliver or be part of their or just do the delivery. So it's been kind of fun. So there's just that moment of holding another human being that you know that it's technically half of your genetics and half of you and then it's crazy to just have that feeling. It, it's amazing, just amazing feeling. Just it's, it's hard to describe if you haven't been a parent, um, but it's, it's joy. And then it's just pure, pure bliss. I feel like every child's a blessing. Have you ever dropped your phone on the floor, on your face, or in some other embarrassing place? Don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to, or at least as much? Introducing Steady Straps a comfortable, adjustable, strong, elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today. Wow. Not only are you doing all you're doing, but you're also raising five children. What are their ages range, their age range? Oh, Lord. They're uh, from age four to 19. The oldest is at SMU. He's a starter for the SMU soccer team uh, as a freshman. And um, we're really proud of all of them. Uh, they they work hard and they give their all. So it's um, that's all I can ask as a parent, just to give their all. No matter what the profession they go into, I just want them happy. I, I don't care if it's a doctor or lawyer or, or garbage man. I really don't care. I just, as long as they're happy, that, that's my main focus as a parent. Just, I want them happy. Beautiful. Well, I think that they are off to a really good start having you as their dad and, and Mrs. Garcia is grandma for sure. <laughs> Um, so, I, so the essence of those two memories—the um, the first one being at the beach with your with your mom, and then your first uh, baby—can you put the two of those together and give me one word that connects those two? One word that's pure bliss. So bliss. bliss. Okay. You did say that, so I figured that's what you're going to say. So joy is bliss, and bliss is joy. Whenever you're in those really moments of you know pure. But, you know, no filter, no need for anything else. You're just really present. Mm. Yeah. If you could, if you could share with CEOs around the world about this bliss that you have, this joy, because I think a lot of them don't have that. What would you say to them? You know, there's actually studies. You made me think of this. There's some studies out there that show positive leaders make their company better. And it's been proven. If you come to work and you're positive, people around you are going to feel that energy. And I know people are like, oh, I don't know about this thing called energy. I don't believe in that. But guess what? It does work. If you're truthfully, you just can't fake it. You got to be honest. You got to show up to work and smile and be that face. 
And I feel like I am that person at work. You know, when things are bad and chips are down and COVID hit, I'm the one that's smiling and saying, no, we got this. We're going to take it to the next level. We got to think positive. We're going to do this. And I think those words that become thoughts become reality. And I think if you're sincere and you're smart and in being giving that delivery, I think people will follow that. I think people are smart and they know when you're fake. And if you're trying to fake a smile, they know. But if you're sincere at heart, I think your company will grow really quickly. And how is it that you maintain that? Do you have a routine during the day? Do you have something that sets you apart? Do you meditate? What is, you know, do you get up in the morning and jog 10 miles? What else you got going on? <laughs> so that's, that's actually very important. I sincerely feel humble every morning and blessed. And I always wake up and saying, wow, God, I could be uh, homeless. I could have uh, grown up in another environment. Thank you for what I have. And I'm just so happy and blessed for what I have. And with that, it just gives me the energy to say, you know what, no matter how horrible work is, no matter what news comes my way, no matter if they try to take it all, I just feel blessed to be where I'm at today. And I think I, I've always told myself, tomorrow all this can go away. Don't, um, the value of me is not in the things that I drive, work, who I am, it's who I am as a person. And I've said this multiple times. At one point, I'm going to be so old that the state of Texas is going to say, you're too old. We're taking your uh, doctor license away. But if I identify with Harvey and not with Dr. Castro, then they can take that license. That doesn't change who I am. I know people have a hard time with identifying with their titles and who they are and with their stuff. But I think if you take all that stuff and you throw it away and say, who are you and what are you valued by? Then at that point, you find true value and then you're not worried about losing x and y because you never put value in it you're not identified by it and that's how it gives me the energy every day to just keep joyful like wow i became a doctor oh my gosh i shouldn't have been here my gosh i am the president of a company holy cow what a blessing and if it goes away tomorrow at least i know i gave it 110 percent and i did what i could amazing and um if you, it seems like you're a global thinker based on all that, like not only can you, are you impacting your staff and everyone that comes through your doors, but just via, via all the media appearances and things like that. So I'm just curious in a collaborative effort here, if you were to wave a magic wand and align with others like yourselves, what do you think all of us focusing on this joy, focusing on this joy or being at this level of energy that you're describing, like what would the thing be that you would want to change in the world? What would, what could we give our energy to? I sincerely think, and I know this is altruistic thinking, but I truly think if everyone in the world honestly just try to help one other person, I sincerely think the world would be better. Mm -hmm. And I always say this, you want to train people that are under you to replace you. You want to train them so much that you're not scared that, you know what, one day they're going to replace you. That is okay. If everyone took that attitude, say, you know what, this is number two in command. I'm going to train them. I'm going to give them everything. Or maybe the last person, number 100th in line give them your heart and all, and then they grow to something else, and then they're going to give back to the company or give back to the organization. I think if the whole world did that, man, we would all be in such a better place. You know, I've, I'm saddened when I see people that are, I don't want to say jealous, but they're jealous or they're holding people back or they don't want to see that other person succeed. Like, trust me, I don't want to see my team go, but it makes me more happy to see them get to the level that they want and improve and do something that they hadn't thought of and say, wow, I grew to this. That gives me joy based on your guidance and teaching and education and not feeling threatened, you know, that's, those are skills that are pretty phenomenal. So, um, 
so what do you think the tool is to help one other people? What, what are we missing as a world that we somehow have all we can do to get through the day? What would you suggest that we do to, to do that, to serve one other this today? I think you got to look at your barriers and try to conquer your barriers. I know sometimes uh, right now with finance, that's a big one. You know, if, if, if you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck, how can you help someone else? You know, there's always these barriers, but then you need to look at those barriers and say, okay, this is what's holding me back. It may not be tomorrow that I can fix it. Maybe it takes 10 years to fix it, but as long as that there's a plan to fix it, then you can help. And it's true. You can't help others if you haven't helped yourself in the sense that if you're not, if you're a wounded person and you're trying to help someone else, you're not going to be there. So you got to make sure you've identified what are the core things that are holding you back and you need to address it. And again, it's, it's, I look at life like a ladder. It doesn't matter that you get there up the ladder all of a sudden and do it in a day or in a minute. No, I wanted to be a doctor and it took forever. I wanted to get my MBA. I'm 47 and I just got it. And so it took a bit. I still have a heart that eventually I want to go to law school and it may not be till I'm 65, but I'm going to law school probably when I retire sometime, uh, but I want to do it. But my point is you, you find what it is that's holding you back and you go okay. for it and you really identify it. Yeah. And also to reach out to the people who support you, like you don't have to do it alone, right? There's somebody else who's on the same plane you are, the same track. It's like, don't be afraid to reach out and ask others. Um, if you, this is a good, this is a fun question. Um, what, what do you think we could, first of all, do you have a chair of joy in your house or at work? Not, doesn't that be fine? Uh, I, I uh, you asked that question earlier. What I personally do every day is I try to make sure I do something. It may not be the uh, uh, share of joy, but what I do is I may call my kids, or I may literally go make if I'm home, go for a walk and see the sunset go down, or do something for me every day, even if it's two minutes. I try to do something because that helps recharge my batteries and be like, okay, this is why I work so hard to just be able to also enjoy life. And so I try to make sure I do that daily. And I think sometimes with life, we all get caught up. We're like doing, 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 and we don't stop to smell the roses and just kind of relax. Exactly. And so that's the point of the chair of joy is to get the whole world to take a chair of joy somewhere in their house and sit down three times a day and let those memories just ooze through you. Much like you do, you can do it in the car while you're driving or in the shower or wherever you are in your walk or whatever. And I, I wouldn't you agree, though, that that when that when that's your practice, that you're making decisions from joy, not versus versus stress and 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 frustration, and how that impacts your business, right? Like, oh, can you sure. talk, yeah, talk to the, me a little bit about that? You know, um, I, you hit it right on the head on the nail. I I think long term. I I don't think today. I think of like what I do today will impact me five, 10 years from now. And I think that's part of the reason we've been successful. I have a business partner that's very focused in today. And I feel like she does a great job today, but I do a great job with tomorrow. And then together we're, we're it's a fine balance. And so I think to add to that point, when you're positive, you'll make a positive decision in the sense that you're thinking positive, you're looking at life differently, you're, you're looking at the bigger good of something. And I really think when you have honest, sincere decisions, honest, sincere replies will come back. Um, mm. I feel like sometimes my business partner and I um, may be criticized for doing certain things, but I think it's because they look at it as like, you're not making money on this. Why are you doing this if you're not making money? And we're like, what's the right thing to do? What's the better thing to do? And if the right thing to do is in healthcare is to take care of a patient and do whatever it takes to take care of them, 
then money really should never be a factor. And I'm not going to speak for other companies, but I will say, I feel like at times some of the decisions is based around money and the decision and the healthcare that they're giving is so based on money that they won't do certain things. And so I'm looking at it as no, let's do what is best for that patient. And if we lose money here, that's okay, because I think at the end of the day, we're helping people and that's what we're in the business of. Well, yeah, and absolutely. You're not just in the business of helping your community. I mean, you called, did you say ABC, right? And said, how can I help 10,000 people in a couple of hours? I mean, who who does that? I, I just applaud you for your generosity and for really thinking outside the box. I don't think people necessarily don't want to do it. They just don't really have the, you know, the, the, the level of understanding about what's possible when you put your hearts and minds together and think, how really can I serve? So that's really incredible. I think it's important that people always think outside the box and don't be scared. Don't tell yourself no. Let somebody else tell you no. The minute you tell yourself no, it doesn't even become a possibility. But if someone else says no, at least you at least tried or kept trying. Um, and that's just my attitude. I, I don't, I, I really believe in the sky and, and it's blue and always everything's perfect. <laughs> um, but I think that positive personality has created opportunities that have helped others. And I know. I know obviously there's always going to be things that are not going to go away or not going to go well, but I'm okay with that because again, I'm just doing the best I can and then seeing how everything else opens or closes. Yeah. Well, I think that you being so cognitively aware and conscious of what's going on around you has just set not only your patients up, but, you know, your entire team and, um, you know, everyone that you are touching through the, you know, your full experience in the world. So um, I just want to share a little bit about this chair of joy and get your feedback, if you don't mind. Would that be all right? Yeah. So the chair of joy is something that um, we would love to teach everyone to sit in their chair of joy, especially children. Imagine children sitting in a chair of joy and reflecting upon memories and who that little kid is when they grow up to be a CEO, you know, transforming from scarcity into abundance and solutions over, over you know, problems and surviving to thriving. So I'm just curious if, if more people were to grab their seat of joy around the world, even in their companies during the day, what might our world look like if we did that? I think obviously um, we spend most of our time at work. And so it's so important to make sure that you're happy. And I know that sounds weird, but I think if we had this uh, concept of joy and then being able to sit down and just take you into that place, then your day has started better. I would almost encourage you to walk into work and instead of rushing to hit a deadline or make a Zoom call, get there a little early so you have time to spend time and positively reflect because I really believe this would create better decisions. It give you from a neurological point of view, it'll make you happy. And so if you're happy at work, you're going to make, I feel better decisions and you may not make haste decisions or emotional decisions. You may make it a positive decision or sometimes a decision is not making a decision. And so sometimes I purposely am like, you know what? I don't want to respond. I emotionally, I'm not ready to give an answer and I don't want to give an answer to give an answer. So give me a minute. And so this would be a perfect time to go into that place, get that positive energy and then just meditate and see, cause it's amazing. This is one of my favorite phases that I tell people, I don't want an answer today, sleep on it. And then let's talk about this tomorrow because I think you already know what you want to say. And I think I already know what you want to say. Let's just give it one day and let's just see if tomorrow things look a little different. 
There's so much answer in stillness, right? And that's part of the chair of joy idea is just what you just said. It's like, let's just let's just reflect. Let's just take a moment and think of all the good and the bad and, and what works and what doesn't work and come up with a solution. So that's beautiful. I just wanted to say one little thing. I don't mean to correct you, but I've kind of struggled with this happy versus joy my whole life. And I finally I finally put it together. And I, I was always tumbling over the words like words like I wanted to be both, but happy, sad, angry, and disgust kind of our and fear are kind of emotions that I put in the same bucket. So happy is like if you forget or if you're like feeling sad or upset, you might want to go buy a, a new a car, for example, and then your car breaks and then you're not happy. Or if you're hungry and depressed, you might eat a hamburger and then you're overweight and then you're not happy anymore. So happy is kind of, it comes and goes, it's more fleeting, right? But joy is inside of us. The, your, your mom's- I see your preference. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So one of my challenges for people is not only to ask you to sit in your chair of joy more often, you're doing a really good job, but to also incorporate the word joy more often in your vocabulary so that people start to get more comfortable. Like it's not just Christmas time or when there's a big birthday party and 50 people say surprise, like that's kind of comes and goes, right? But joy is something that we all have access to. It's deep down inside of us and it's free. That's what I love the most about this work. Good. Thank you. No, that's insightful. Uh, I think words are powerful and I try my best never to end or start a, a negative conversation because I never want to say anything that I didn't mean to say. And then later it's like, yeah, I probably should have chose my words a little more careful. So I think words are very powerful is my point yeah. and they need to be uh, spoken and said very selectively. Beautiful. All right. If you could just stay on one more minute after we hang up. Um, I, but before we end, I want to ask you one more thing. What was your takeaway for, for today? And any last words you'd like to say about anything you're working on? Well, my takeaway today is I need to make sure I spend more time with joy in the joy chair. So, and I learned, uh, learned something. And I think life is important to be humble and important to just always be learning. Uh, never think that you've made it. Always think that you're not there and that you're always striving for more and that always make you better. And then the latest that we're working on, uh, we're actually working to uh, create trusted in a way that if another company, know, another com a person wanted to create a trusted in their neighborhood, we're creating the blueprints so that in about a month we'll have something ready so that if somebody wants to expand in their neighborhood, we're able to support them and have a trusted in their neighborhood. So that's exciting. Is that na nationwide? Yeah, nationwide. So we're expanding. Do you have a goal for how many you are, or are you just kind of letting it un unveil itself? Yeah, unveil itself. Uh, yeah, and 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 it doesn't have to be ER. We're also looking at if it's a family practice or urgent care, different ways. I feel like the way we do business, it's we have a whole academy on teaching people how to do business the way we do business. We we do a lot of things that no other company does. So I feel like we have something special that we should expand and just help others. Well, there's somebody you definitely have to meet. Dr. Jay Grossman is in the dentistry field and he has a very similar similar go. He works with veterans and so. Oh, uh, to meet him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, what a pleasure to meet you, uh, Mr. Um, Harvey. Sorry, I was not Mr. Dr. Harvey Castro. And congratulations on all of your success and um, continued success Thank to you. you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.